7. Tales from the Vetral Empire. Episode 3. Hunting the Hunters. Emmeline Salar crouched next to the goat's corpse. Her oxen-eyed duster swayed in the dry desert wind. The corpse was one of a dozen that littered the canyon floor. Blood saturated the desert sand and turned it to a dark crimson in stark contrast to the light brown of the rock that made up the canyon walls. The animals had been mutilated, torn to pieces and scattered across the area like cactus seeds upon the wind. Emmeline removed the glove upon her right hand and placed her sun-kissed weathered hand on the goat's eviscerated stomach. Still warm, she said to herself. Emmeline didn't care that there was no one to answer her. She often spoke out loud to herself, a common side effect of spending so much time away from civilization. Emmeline stood and contemplated her next move as she placed her reinforced leather glove back onto her exposed hand. Not too far from where she stood, she noticed marks in the sand. Thick lines, dozens of them, as if someone had taken a tree branch and dragged it through the earth. As she widened her focus, she could see a second set about two metres from the first. They swerved through the corpses, painting a pretty clear picture as to where her prey had gone. She had followed the Tyrofex for just over a week, following its gruesome trail as it slaughtered its way across the dry expanse of Pei. It had first ambushed a trader's caravan on the road into Firefly Manor, killing the caravan master, his Iodans and a patrol of soldiers who had tried in vain to save them. That's when she was hired to track it down and exterminate it. This was, after all, what she did for a living. Not that the thought of engaging a fully grown Tyrofex didn't fill her with a deep and unshakable dread. The big fat paycheck she'd collect once the job was done, however, did help to stifle such fears. Emmeline knew that the beast would need to rest after a feast this large. If she could sneak up on it while it slept off its meal, she might be able to kill it before it even realised it was being attacked. The hunter pulled her mask back up over her nose and pushed down hard on the large brim hat on top of her head. She took a deep breath and followed the tracks deeper into the canyon. The air chilled Emmeline to her bones, despite the numerous layers she wore. She had continued to follow the Tyrofex tracks for the last several hours, the blazing sun above providing an abundance of illumination. Her prey was close now. So close that all she needed to find the beast was the scent that drifted downwind. Emmeline crept towards the cave she'd spotted as she turned the corner and entered this section of the canyon. The mouth of the cave cut deep into the far wall of the canyon, a large split that snaked from the base of the wall and grew halfway to the top. Even at this distance, Emmeline could hear the Tyrofex's every breathing as it slept off its earlier feast. The hunter crept ever closer, careful not to disturb anything in the undergrowth. The Tyrofex might be slumbering now, but they have incredible senses. It would take a single snap twig or crushed plant to alert her prey. As she neared the mouth of the cave, Emmeline gasped as the stench of the Tyrofex's lair washed over her. The smell reminded her of death and decay, and dredged up painful memories she had long since buried in the back of her mind. She crouched by the cave entrance and slowly lowered the rucksack off her back. 
Emmeline withdrew several short cylindrical objects from the rucksack. One at a time, she pulled the objects out and placed them on the ground next to her. As she pulled out the sixth and final one, she placed her rucksack to the side of the cave mouth, next to a large desert bush that was growing against the cliff face. She went back to the six devices and picked them up with great care. She then began to place them around the cave mouth, three on either side of the large entrance. As she brought the base of the cylinder of a device near the rock, the little object jumped to the cliff face, silently securing itself in place. Emmeline did this with all six objects and then retreated to her rucksack once again. She pulled out another metallic object, this one much flatter and wider than the others. She walked a good 30 paces away from the cave entrance and placed the new device on the floor. She pressed a button in the centre of the object and a mechanical beep was its response. I hope this works, Emmeline said to herself as she walked away from the contraption she placed on the ground and put yet more distance between herself and the cave. She had never hunted a Tyrofex before, but everything she knew about them concerned her. She put her doubts aside and reached inside her duster. She rummaged around for a few seconds in them deep pockets that lined the inside of her reinforced coat. After several moments of rummaging, her hand retreated from the pocket, clutching a perfectly round orb of worn metal. She threw the orb into the air and it opened up to reveal a red eye and a pair of tiny appendages. It stopped dead in front of Emmeline's face, hovering there, obedient, awaiting her command. Dot. Into the cave. Stun arc detonation in ten, Emmeline said to her loyal drone. Dot beeped and bobbed in acknowledgement and zipped off towards the cave. She watched the little droid fly into the cave mouth and disappear from sight. She reached over her shoulder and grabbed her revolver crossbow by its strap. She checked the weapon's ammunition. Six bolts filled the cartridge, each one as long as her hand. She clipped the ammo chamber back into the crossbow and flipped up the rangefinder on top of the barrel. She braced the stock against her right shoulder, aimed down the sight and pointed the gun towards the cave. She took a deep breath and let it out slowly. She knew what was about to happen. Her body tensed with excitement. Her heart beat fast in her chest. There was a bright flash of light from the cave, followed by a deafening roar. Dot flew out of the cave with blinding speed. It beeped loudly as it flew past Emmeline. She cleared her vision and looked back at the cave mouth. The tire effects began to emerge, rays of sunlight reflecting off its reinforced carapace, a true monster. Its enormous pincer-like arms dragged its giant form out of the cave mouth. It must have been 10 meters long, a mass of chitinous armored segments and ferocious limbs. The head of the beast was even more deadly, housing three sets of bright red eyes that stared at Emmeline with pure malice. Below the eyes were two sets of enormous mandibles designed to slash, crush and maim. The creature was still confused and alarmed due to the stun arc Dot had set off. Without a moment's hesitation, Emmeline aimed and fired. The boom deafened her as the enormous crossbow expelled a bolt with righteous fury. The deadly munition slammed into the Tyrofex's head. The beast roared in defiance, thrashing its arms around in alarm and confusion. 
As the dust cleared, Emmeline saw the creature was still alive and angry. The bolt had hit its mark, but it had caused nothing more than a crack in the Tyrefex's chitinous armour. As the Tyrefex continued its progression towards the cave entrance, Emmeline reached for her wrist and pressed a button on her control bracelet. The wrist device beeped, and then the objects placed around the cave mouth responded with their own. When the creature was almost out of the cave mouth, the devices triggered. Spears flew out of the cylinders at great speed. Some of the spears bounced off the Tyrefex's armour, but some struck true and found their mark, burying themselves in the creature's flesh. A few seconds later, the spears lit up and began to glow blue. The Tyrefex bellowed in rage as the spears embedded in its eye fired electricity into the wounds. The air began to fill with the stench of burning flesh. The Tyrefex did what only a scared and injured beast would do and charged headlong at its enemy. Emmeline fired her second round at the beast that now barreled towards her, its great strides closing the distance alarmingly fast. The sound of her weapon firing echoed around the canyon like a thunderstorm. The round smashed through the crack made by the previous shot and buried itself deep in the Tyrefex. A moment later the bolt exploded causing fountains of bone and shrapnel to erupt from the wound. Despite suffering such a grievous injury, the creature did not lose any momentum. Emmeline looked on in shock as the monster stormed forward with part of its head missing. What the hell is this thing made of? Emmeline said to herself as she braced for another shot. Before she could fire again, the tire effects reached the circular disc Emmeline had placed on the ground. The proximity mine detonated with tremendous force. The blast erupted straight at the charging Tyrefex and altered its advance. The beast was thrown backwards by the force of the explosion, its mass hurtling back towards the cave, its soft underbelly exposed to the scorching heat of the sun and the vigilant eye of the Huntress. The time was now. Emmeline wasted not a moment. She raised her crossbow and fired. Bolt after bolt flew out of the weapon as the hunter unloaded the rest of her cartridge into the soft, exposed underbelly of her prey. Emmeline lowered her weapon as the Tyrefex fell back to the earth, twitching in its death throes. She stood up slowly and checked herself for injuries. Still in one piece. Dot, are you okay? Emmeline inquired as she looked around for her faithful little droid. Her question was answered by an eye-pitched beep and whistle as Dot emerged out of the dirt and shook itself clean. Emmeline smiled at the silly little droid and then back to her kill. A deep sense of pride swelled in her chest. We did it, Dot. We got the bloody thing. It's bigger than expected. We might have to do a bit of chopping to get all the good bits, she said with a smile on her face as she reached for the tools in her rucksack. Emmeline strolled down the road back towards Firefly Manor, a skip in her step and a smile on her face, whilst Dot buzzed along next to her. Over her shoulder, she carried her rucksack and trusty revolver crossbow. In her free hand, she held onto the end of a sack which bulged with its grisly contents. The sack scraped across the ground behind Emmeline, leaving a trail of blood in its wake. As she walked down the side of the great trade road, she came across a caravan which she guessed must have stopped for the night. The caravan crew were busy dismantling their camp in the nearby clearing whilst the driver tinkered with the engine. The weathered roadman saw Emmeline approaching and nodded to her. 
Morning, stranger. What brings you down the road alone this day? The caravan driver asked. Heading to the manor to sell goods and collect on a job, Emmeline replied, uninterested. We're also heading to Firefly. Can have a ride if you want. For a small fee, of course. Emmeline looked at the man. No thanks, I prefer to walk. I like the outdoors and the fresh air. But Firefly Manor's another three days from here. That's one hell of a walk there, miss. I know, I've done it at least a dozen times this rotation. Well, suit yourself, the caravan driver replied with a shrug of his shoulders. Just you be careful now. Rumour has it monsters stalk these roads when the sun goes down. Emmeline stopped, and the smile faded underneath her mask and hat as she mulled over the man's words. I'm counting on it, she said as she walked past the caravan driver and continued down the road, patting her reloaded weapon reassuringly as the sun began to disappear beneath the horizon. You've been listening to Seven Tales from the Vectral Empire. www.seven-game.com